Tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to talk about principles. I have found that principles are a very important part of my walk with God, a very important piece of my life that I've come to rely on almost instinctively. You know, that there's things that are, not, are now ingrained in me that I once didn't have as a young man that I wouldn't even recognize that I'm consciously thinking it. I just tend to do certain things, you know, and, you know, it's taken a lot of work through the years to, you know, plant these, you know, principles deep in my life. You know, I remember going to, you know, meetings and, and even church, you know, and I would have such a trouble with people. I was not a people person. I did not like people. You know, I didn't want to be close to people, you know, and, you know, people would talk and they would say peopley things and I would just be like aggravated with them, you know, and I had a lot of problem with judgment, you know, and I would character assassinate you, you know, and I would sit there and I would, you know, listen to you say certain things and I would, you know, in my mind, I would just be on another planet of, you know, where I was at thinking about certain things. And I, I could never tune in to hear the message, you know, and I remember like, you know, this principle of personality or principles over personalities, this principle or the slogan, you know, um, <clears throat> and I really struggled with it because it, you know, if the person doesn't represent what they're saying, then why should I listen to them? You know, and I really had to work hard on it because God can use anybody to say anything. You know, in the Bible, you know, he used a donkey to get, you know, someone's attention. So if he can use a donkey, he can use me. You know, and you never know when you're entertaining angels. That's another thing. I know some of the people in our lives that don't really look like angels, but you never quite know they might be angels. You know, it's many, many years ago now, and it was in the winter months, so it was cold outside. And, you know, there was a guy that would come into the you know, rooms and he would get a hot cup of coffee and he'd sit there and he was wasted every time, you know, and AA has this, you know, saying that, you know, you just have to want to try to get sober. You don't even have to be sober, you know, and he would always start blurting out stuff in the middle of the meeting and everybody gets so upset and, you know, and I remember one day he said something like so profound, it actually got through to my brain because my nose could smell him. And because I could smell him, how could he ever say anything very impactful? And at that moment is when principles over personalities took root in my life is because you never know where the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you from. And if you're judging what the person looks like or judging what the person's going through, you can never quite be able to hear what, the Holy Spirit might be saying from the randomest of sources. You know, and I remember at that point, something started to stir in me because, you know, how could this drunk homeless guy have anything good to say? Look at his life. You know, and the truth of the matter is, is who am I? You know, who am I really, you know, to judge him? I don't know his life. I don't even know his name. 
know, I don't know what he's been through, you know, and it really started to kind of mess with me in a good way and to help me to realize that I needed to work on my judgment of people, you know, and at that point, you know, I started trying to really tune in and, and to listen to people in spite of what I knew about them and in spite of what they might look like, you know, so a lot of times in the meetings, I would close my eyes and I would just put my, you know, head in my hands and I would kind of stare at the floor so I could listen. So my eyes didn't get in my way. And there's a lot of times that my eyes get in my way. You know, and I, because of my eyes, I think I know. But sometimes my ears can hear things in spite of me. You know, and, you know, this is one principle that has helped me through the years, you know, because people are still going to be people It's just there's no way around it. You know, I'm going to be people You know, I have my moments, you know. So it's important for me to be able to tune in to hear what God might want to say. You know, I remember one day I was struggling. And I don't really quite remember the struggle. I just remember the principle. You know, I went into Home Depot, and once again, I have my judgments. You know what I mean? Like, I went into the aisle, and I'm looking for something, and I can't find it, and it's not where it's supposed to be. So I went and found an associate, you know, and I started asking them if they could help me find it. And they went to the spot, and they're like, well, it's not here. And I'm like, thank you, Captain Obvious. And then they said something just completely off topic. And I remember the Holy Spirit was like, do you hear me? Had nothing to do with the situation, had nothing to do with the product I was looking for, had nothing to do with Home Depot, had nothing to do with this associate. But I knew that I knew that I knew that what that person said in that moment was the Holy Spirit speaking to me through that person. He had no idea that it had anything to do with the rest of my life. And once again, principles over personality kicks in. You know, and it's important for me to be able to hear, you know, because my eyes get in my way, you know. And so through the years, as I've been working on, you know, changing and healing and growing and, and, you know, overcoming and trying to figure out life, you know, and handling life on life's terms, you know, having principles in my life has been one of the most important pieces apart from my relationship with Jesus, because I've had to take recovery principles and, and, and grab a hold of them very strongly. And I've had to take biblical principles and grab a hold of them and hold on to them very strongly. Cause sometimes those two communities don't get along very well. They don't understand that it's the same message. It's completely the same message. You know, I have found people in AA that, act better as Christians than somebody that actually says they believe in Jesus. You know, I've had people in AA support me more than people in the church. However, I've had people in the church support me in ways that, you know, people in recovery can't, you know, I've had to learn from both of these communities, you know, and I've had to, to realize that I need to implement both of them in my life because for a long time I would try to get sober and there was something lacking as far as my spirituality, you know, and I could only get so far and trying to pull out of the well of the spirituality from the rooms could only get me so far. And it had nothing to do with them. It had everything to do with me, you know, and then I would started coming to church 
and I, you know, I could see something. I, you know, I generally saw people that looked happy. Wasn't quite sure if it was real or not. To be honest, I didn't think it was. But as I went longer and longer and longer, I could see that there was really, you know, joy in people's lives. You know, and I didn't understand that, and I wanted to learn more about it. <clears throat> but I also understood that there was something more in the church, in the Bible, you know, in Christians that I couldn't find in people in the rooms, you know, and it had nothing to do <clears throat> necessarily with either of these people. It had to do with me and my judgments, you know, and I had to once again take principles over personality and try to tap into the well of those two organizations, those two places, those two rooms, those two buildings, those two communities. You know, and I started to realize that I needed a lot more Jesus. You know, but, you know, how can anybody, you know, teach me if they don't understand what I've been through? Well, that's really up to me. You know, so often, you know, if you have had this horrible life and grown up this way and grown up, you know, abandoned, grown up addicted, grown up this, grown up that, then you can't, you don't have anything to tell me. Once again, that's my judgment. You know, you know, and I've, I tapped into things, you know, as a new believer, my sponsor, as far as AA or recovery was concerned, was a heroin addict who was an atheist. Well, as a Christian, you shouldn't listen to anything that that person has to say. But as somebody in recovery, I need to listen to everything he has to say. Because he's got 25 years without a, a drink or a drug, and I need to learn how he did it. And he did it with no God. That's pretty impressive to me. Because I can't do anything without God. You know, and then I started going to church, and I developed this relationship with a pastor who basically got saved as he was like three or four, never drank a beer, never smoked a cigarette, never had premarital sex, you know, had both parents in the homes, grew up in a Christian school, grew up in a Christian household. His parents were pastors, his grandparents were pastors. It's like, how can I relate to anything that this guy has to say? And yet he knew the Bible and he knew Jesus. And I needed to know the Bible and I needed to know Jesus. So I started to tap into that resource. So I had this, on one side of the equation, I had somebody that didn't understand this side of my life, but yet could offer me something that I did not have. And on this side of the equation, I had this guy who was an atheist who was obviously learned, you know, you know, doing the deal long enough that he could stay sober. And they were asking him to be on panels in recovery that he'd been around long enough that people, you know, took what he was saying as, as wisdom. I needed to learn what he had to say. You know, so once again, I had to tap into the principle over the personalities and get my judgments out of the way. You know, and both of those men in my life have been very key uh, in helping me become the man that I am today. You know, I would say that I wouldn't be here on some level and who I am without either one of those men. You know, so principles are like one of these things, like if you were a rock climber, they're the pins that you would nail into the wall as you keep growing. Because at some point you're going to fall, but that pin only lets you go so far. You know, that as we're learning to grow with Jesus, as we're learning to overcome whatever area in our life that we're struggling in, you know, there's certain times that we got to nail something in the wall and say, I'm never going further than this. You know, because we're constantly climbing. We're never done. 
you know, this is a principle that I've had to learn. And this is the principle that I teach is that we're never done. We always got something to be working on. You know, did I wake up Jesus today? No. If the goal is Christ likeness, then I got work to be doing. How about you? You know what I mean? So often the goal has been recovery or the goal is sobriety or the goal is this or the goal is that. And I can achieve that goal. Then what? I stopped growing. But I remember so <clears throat> profoundly sitting in the meeting one day, once again, with my head in my hands and I'm staring at the floor and I'm listening. And I had this aha moment. This has nothing to do with getting sober. This has everything to do with building a relationship with God. You know, so once again, AA is teaching me that I need a relationship with God. Who knew? This secular organization is trying to teach me that I need a spiritual lifestyle. And all of a sudden, things started to click that it, it wasn't about recovery. This is about transformation, a relationship with God. And all of a sudden, something else clicked in. It says this is about being Christ-like because the Jesus side of my equation kicked in. And it's like, well, that makes way more sense. Because I've been sober a long time on certain occasions and relapsed because I've reached that. Everybody in here today is sober on some level. So if that's the goal, we, we get to go to heaven right now, don't we? Like, finish line, done. No. The goal is Christ-likeness. So if the goal is Christ-likeness, every one of us in this room has an area of our lives that isn't very Jesus-y, and we need some more Jesus, including me, especially me. I did not figure it all out. I still have to have this relationship with Jesus. I still have to continue to work on things in my life so that I can continue to grow and become the man that he's calling me to be. You know, I'm never done. You know, however, when I have these principles in my life, when life on life's terms comes at me and I don't handle it the best, I only slide so far because I'm locked in to Jesus. You know, he's that rock that I'm pounding these principle pins into that he only lets me go so far. Now, I can, you know, cut the cord and go further if I want, but he catches me and says, hey, what's going on? Like, uh, I guess I need you. But I don't want you. I want to do what I want to do. Well, good luck with that. Well, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, and I have this moment in time where I can think where before I used to react and it was 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction and there was no stopping it. You know, now there's speed bumps in the way that I can only get so far before the Holy Spirit's like, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. You know, and it's harder for me to just backslide into oblivion because I have these principles, these guardrails that are in my life that only let me get so far, you know, and I got them so tight sometimes that if I get a pinky toe across the line, it's like Jesus is smashing that thing. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you always have to be like right there. Like, can't I just do something that I want to do that's fun? Like, is it fun, though? Well, no, it isn't. You know, and we have these moments where he teaches me that I need him some more. You know, and I find that it's easier to see these things when you have these reflection moments. You know, that time is this funny thing. It just drifts into oblivion. 
you know, it's going to be Christmas, like in, in three months, if you didn't know. And like, wait a minute, we just did Christmas. No, well, actually, we're coming around again. You know what I mean? So like the year goes by really fast, even though it feels like it moves slow. It's just time is this weird thing. Like when you look at your life, like how did I almost become 50? Like I was 18, like a year ago. Like, no, there's like 30 years of you being an idiot right in between those two things, you know, you know, so like when we really look at it, you know, if we look at our year, you know, you got Christmas, you got New Year's, you know, you got Valentine's Day for any of us that are in love. You got St. Patty's Day for all of us that used to drink and can't drink now, you know, and then you, you move into, <clears throat> you know, Memorial Day. My birthday's in June. You got Fourth of July. You know, you got Labor Day, you know, and then you start moving into, you know, back to school, Halloween, Thanksgiving, back to Christmas. So, like, you know, where were you last Christmas? Every one of us had this little moment that we just kind of remembered where we were. But where were you the last 26th of September? We have no idea. So holidays and birthdays and certain significant days in our lives that we can always kind of reflect on where we were. You know, where were you on the 4th of July? I was in Brazil eating brisket with an American flag on the side of the wall of this restaurant. I thought that was kind of neat, and I'll never forget that. You know, where was I the, the previous 4th of July? I don't really remember. I, it was, you know, I was in the, the quarry most likely. But, you know, these are these yard markers that when we can look back at, you know, these time frames in our life, we can see how far we've grown or we're not growing or we're sliding in the wrong direction. So those are like our yard markers to help us to continue working forward when time just seems like it keeps ticking, 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 slipping into the future, you know, and our lives just pass us by, you know. So I find that it's important every now and again to have these moments of reflection. I'm not trying to beat myself up that I, I'm not doing certain things. I'm not trying to to get overwhelmed because things aren't going the way that I, I think they should. It just helps me to see Am I working on things? Am I growing? Am I not? Am I stagnant? Am I sliding? You know, and these help me to, you know, once again, this principle helps me to see if I'm actually trying to be more Christ-like or if I'm just, you know, floating into the ocean. You know, <clears throat> you know, another principle for me has been consistency. You know, I do the same thing all the time. You know, I used to be a product of chaos. You know, I never knew what I was doing. I never had a plan. I would just destroy everything I touch all the time. You know, and since I've gotten sober and saved, you know, and started really working on the areas of my life, you know, I'm very consistent. You know, I'm always doing the same things. I'm always working on myself. I'm always helping others. I'm always going to church, going to you know, meetings, going you know, where will I be on Fridays? Usually right here. You know, there's certain places, certain times that you can always know where Tom is going to be on some level. You know, and I've been working in this community, working with people in recovery for a long, long time. So if somebody had relapsed, lost their phone or whatever, it's not real hard for someone to find me. You know, all you got to do is show up to any AME or, or really call any church in this area and say, you know, I'm looking for that tattooed pastor guy. And eventually, you know, you're going to get pointed to me on some level. 
You know, I'm looking for Jesus in recovery. Somebody's going to point you to me, you know, because the halfway house girls used to call me Jesus all the time. That's all I ever talked about. You know, so, you know, consistency, you know, is a very key part of each one of our lives. If we're going to overcome, if we're going to change, if we're going to keep progressing forward, you know, I can't take a month off and pop back in and wonder why I'm not growing. You know, it's no different than going to the gym. You know, I was going to the gym, I was getting consistent, and I had this stupid thing going on with my legs, so I stopped going to the gym, and now I got to get back into the gym. I pray for my metabolism to change if Jesus isn't getting with the program yet. Come on, Jesus, metabolism would be a nice thing. You know, just grow muscles, just, you know, I'll turn into Samson overnight in the name of Jesus. Like, that's not a thing. I got to be consistent. I got to work on the areas of my life that I want to change. If I don't work on the areas in my life that I want to change, most likely they're not going to change, you know, but to work on the areas in my life that I want to change, I have to be consistently working on them. I can't, you know, do it for two weeks and wonder why I haven't lost 50 pounds. You know, I have to constantly be working on these things in my life. You know, if I want change, whether it's recovery, whether it's something emotional, something physical, something spiritual, the more consistent I am working on those areas of my life, I'm going to start to see change. I'm going to start to see growth. I'm going to start to see things that, that start to transpire in my life in a good way, sometimes, or a bad way. You know, it depends what I'm being consistent with. If I'm consistently skipping church and skipping meetings, and, you know, most likely I'm going to find myself consistently going in the wrong direction. You know, another thing that a principle that I use constantly is, you know, did you pray about it? which if you've been around me long enough, it's probably pissed you off at some point because you don't want to pray about it. You just want the answer, you know, and I don't give you answers. Why? Because I don't think Jesus gives us answers. I think Jesus asks us questions that helps us to get deeper into who he is or deeper into his word to try to know who he is. Because most likely that's the answer. Jesus is the answer on some level. You know, what component of Jesus, you know, but I have found that the more I pray about a certain area, the more I want that area to to heal or to change or to be adjusted or something to take place. If I, you know, am not praying about it, I don't really want Jesus's two cents into that equation. I just want what I want. You know, so I think that it's important that. We can have conversations about certain things. However, I think it's important that you prayed first. You know, you're trying to to seek God. You're trying to ask him. You're trying to, you know, see what his word has to say. You know, you're you're trying to bring him to the equation because you don't want my answers. You want his answers. Now, hopefully I'm trying to give you his answers, you know, but once again, I'm very limited. You know, I'm a man with a very finite mind. You know, and what I would think is a great idea might not be a God idea, you know, and we together could come up like, yeah, that's a great idea. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a God idea. You know, so it's important that we seek him and ask him to what he's got to say and what he wants me to do in these things. You know, you know, another principle that I've learned through the years, you know, is that just don't quit. You know, you can't lose if you don't quit. You know, there's so many times I've wanted to quit this ministry that I've wanted to step down 
because it's not easy. It's not easy, you know, working with people that are, you know, coming out of addiction, coming through broken areas of their life. You know, that there's a lot of things that have to be sorted through it. It's very messy when you get in involved, you know, in someone's life, just as men got involved in my life way back when, you know, that I was an absolute train wreck. I was a mess. I was completely, you know, out of control, angry all the time, insane, you know, and yet people invested in me, you know, and I think that it's important that we invest in other people. But, you know, if you stick around long enough, you'll see that the faces change quite frequently in these rooms, you know, and that's just the way this works, you know, that people come for a while and, and, you know, they disappear or they go off and do their own thing or, you know, they, you know, relapse or they leave the church. You know, there's a, a many different reasons why people aren't just here, you know, but they've left my life. You know, there's people that have left my life recently that, to be honest, I have no idea what happened. All of a sudden, poofs are gone. You know, and to try to get an explanation, it was like, no, nope, I'm not telling you. I'm just gone. I'm like, okay, that's just the way it is. You know, you know, and you know, there's times that that hurts. You know, I'm, I'm still human. You know, I've been doing this a long time and, and I have pretty good boundaries, but you know, I, I still care quite a bit for each and one, every one of you. And, you know, as I get to know you and I try to help, you know, I try to help you grow with Jesus, you know, you know, and sometimes it's, it's not easy, you know, dealing with the, the difficulties. But what I continue to see is that I can't quit. You know, Jesus keeps telling me. Do you trust me, Tom? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. We'll sit still. Yay, Jesus, with his awesome answers. You know, but I'm so grateful that that's been his answer through these years and that I've been willing to obey it. Because who knows where I would be if I didn't sit still. It certainly wouldn't be here. And most likely I wouldn't be in anywhere, you know, anywhere that was good for me, you know. So, you know, part of being consistent is not quitting, you know, and it's important that I, I keep, you know, grabbing a hold of him, you know, grab a hold of his, you know, and don't let go, you know, and it's not always easy, but it is worth it. You know, I've been doing this many years now and, you know, I, I'm grateful for the, the fruit that has come from this ministry. I, I'm grateful for the fruit that has come from me, you know, laying my life down and trying to help to, to serve Jesus in the city, you know, and it's, it's made a difference. You know, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, sometimes the enemy tries to get in there and says, it's, you know, it's futile, it's pointless, but it's just not true. You know, that anytime that you're doing something for Jesus, something's coming from it. You just don't always know what, you know, <clears throat> You know, as we go through difficult things, one of the things that God has, you know, given me through the years, you know, is that I'm closer to Jesus than I've ever been. And usually when you hear that saying, you're going through something really difficult and that's the last thing you want to hear. You know, but it's the truth. You know, it's at that moment when I feel like everything is falling apart. That I have this choice that I can grab a hold of Jesus in my chaos, in my mess, and don't let go and say, Jesus, you're my solution. 
you know, or I, I run from him, you know, and I've had tears rolling down my face and I've been so hurt and broken and, and don't know what to do and don't know where to turn. And he's right there. He's always right there. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's, he's right there. You know, he's never anywhere, but right there, you know, and I have to learn that he's not far off somewhere. He's not in, you know, off in heaven paying attention to something else. He, he has a personal relationship. He's interceding in heaven for each and every one of us. You know, he has this personal connection to each and every one of us. He knows what we're going through. We just have to press in. You know, we have to, to, to you know, get our eyes completely on him and say, I'm not letting go. You know, and he meets us in those dark places. You know, he's the light that begins to shine upon everything and turn everything into light. You know, some of us are in a dark place right now. You know, and we're not liking what's going on around us. But Jesus, you know, and we need to trust him and we need to grab a hold of him and we need to say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Where, what do you want me to do? I don't, I don't understand what's next. You know, but I'm going to trust you. You know, my next, my next step's going to be towards you, no matter what it is. You know, and I got to let go of me and I got to let go of the world and I got to let no- go of what I think and what I, I think I know and what I want and grab a hold of him. You know, and he's closer than we think. You know, there's, other principles as I've been doing this, you know, that we're exactly where Jesus wants us to be. And man, when I used to hear that, it would make me so angry. You know, you're exactly where God wants you. I'm like, I want to hit you. You know, because usually when you hear that, it's you're going through something really difficult and you want your circumstances to be different. And they're like, you're right where you're supposed to be. Like, I'm going to be in prison real soon. If you say it one more time. You know, it's a miracle, you know, that I made it through early recovery because I was a a lunatic. You know, I didn't really have a fuse. I had a detonation button and it really could be pushed by anybody for a long, long time. You know, I had to work hard on my anger. And, um, you know, once again, it's a principle that helped me to do that. You know, anytime that I was angry, I would wait 24 hours before I talked to somebody. Because I needed my emotion to get out of what I was feeling and what I was thinking, you know, and it gave me time to pray and gave me time to let Jesus kind of kick in, you know, and a lot of times it's my junk. It's not always my junk, but the majority of the time it is my junk, you know, living with guys for 15 years. You can only imagine how many times I've been angry at one of them. And I would say probably 90% of the time, it's me. It's something in me that's getting rubbed the wrong way, and he's using one of these guys that has oblivious to what's going on right now. And I needed to, to work on myself. You know, there's times I'd be sitting in the living room, and there would just be absolute ridiculousness happening. And I would get so frustrated because I'm trying to watch TV, or I'm trying to do something, I'm trying to read, and, and there's just, you know, they're arguing about, you know, who knows what. And I'm just like, 
my temperature is going up and up and up and it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me. You know, I, I either need to go for a walk, I need to put some worship music on, or I just need to go to bed because I'm tired. You know, and I got to, you know, and then I'll deal with it tomorrow or I'll deal with it after I get back from the walk. And usually when I wake up tomorrow, it's not as big of a deal. Or by the time I get back from the walk, Jesus lets me know, you know, what exactly it is that, you know, is the real problem. And it's something in me. It's not always me, but a lot of times it is because, you know, I'm the, you know, chief critic. You know, I, I want everything to be exactly the way I want it to be. You know, and, <clears throat> you know, I have to realize that I'm not God. You know, I, I don't have it all figured out. You know, things shouldn't go the way I think they should go. You know, my will has is, is done nothing but cause me problems. You know, God's will continues to show me that he does cool stuff with somebody that, you know, people wrote off. In spite of me, Jesus still does cool things. You know, you know, I don't need to be perfect. I just need to be willing. You know, so many of us struggle with perfection on one level or another. You know, we can't do it perfectly. We're not going to do it or we start doing it. And because we can't do it perfectly, we quit doing it. You know, there's many different aspects of perfectionism. And we're never going to be quite perfect in anything that we do. Jesus is the only one that's perfect. You know, and I just have to continue to be willing, continue to, you know, get my, you know, put back in the game, keep, keep pressing forward, keep trying, keep, you know, fighting the fight. Don't quit. Just keep going. Just keep going. Sometimes I mean, need to take a break. Sometimes I need to, to sit down for a minute. Maybe I need to rest. You know, maybe I need to take a day off. Or just don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. You know, and, you know, it's been an, an important piece, you know, as I continue to, to work forward in everything that I'm doing, you know, as I, I have to just keep being willing, willing to do the work, willing to surrender, willing to let go, willing to whatever it is. Willingness for me has been the key, you know, and that's where the willingness prayer kind of came from is because I wanted something a certain way. And I knew that that's not what the right answer was. And I didn't want it to change. And I, I knew I needed it to change. And I said, God, give me the willingness to let go and give me the willingness to forgive. And that's where that willingness thing started because I knew that I needed to be willing and I did not want to be. I'll just be honest. I did not want to be willing, but I knew that that was the solution, you know, and the willingness prayer has been very key in my life and it's been passed on to, to many of you, you know, as we continue to work through our junk, you know, it's just being willing. God, give me the willingness. God, grant me the willingness, you know, and it doesn't happen instantly. It's something that kind of builds up and eventually something starts happening in my heart and Jesus starts taking me to new places. And, and all of a sudden I, I start to get to a place where I'm ready to forgive this person. Or I'm ready to let go of that situation. You know, I, I'm ready to work on something that I wasn't willing to work on, you know, and it's been an important piece of, you know, just praying for willingness and, and letting go of perfection. <laughs> you know, you know, as we, you know, continue to work on areas in our life, you know, I have found it very important to have these principles are just tools in my, you know, arsenal and tools in my tool shed that anytime I'm going through something, one of these will pop into my mind 
you know, and it gets applied to whatever the said situation is, you know, and, and these are things that, you know, get freely passed on to you. And many of you are, are working, you know, and using some of these same tools in your lives, you know, to help you to continue to grow, to overcome, to, to heal, to whatever it is that that's set before you, you know. I remember sitting in a meeting in the sky. I mean, he had to be 80 years old. He had like 50 years of sobriety. You know, and he's like, you know, I forget what was going on in the meeting. I, I forget what the topics were, but, you know, he said, I can't, you can, and please help. That's the first three steps in six words. And I was like, what? Like, it just blew me away, but it stuck with me ever since. You know, that I'm powerless over basically everything in my life. I'm not just powerless over addiction. I'm powerless over the addict. I'm powerless over people. I'm powerless over situations. I'm powerless over my employer. I'm powerless over my spouse. I'm powerless over, you know, life on life's terms. I'm powerless over the government. I'm powerless over, you know, my neighbor. I'm powerless. Just fill in the blank. You're technically powerless. And any attempt that for me to have power is when my life gets out of control. You know, and God started to show me that powerless is such a, a key component because until I let go of the power, I can't grab a hold of the one who has the power. And that's Jesus. You know, and that I can't, you can, he can restore. You know, restoring something isn't to make it, you know, back to a certain level. Restoring something is to make it better than it ever was. You know, and Jesus is trying to restore each and every one of us, trying to make us better than we ever were. You know, and it's an important component of us growing is realize that, you know, the step in itself is to restore to sanity. Well, how do you restore something to something I never had? You know, like I've never been sane. So you're going to restore me to sanity? Like, I don't understand that principle. Until I understood that it was restoring me better than I ever was. You know, Jesus has the ability to restore any area of our life if we really accept powerlessness of it and, and hand that back over to him. You know, and then I have to turn my will over. I got to get my hands off it. I got to say, Jesus, please help. You know, I, I'm limited in my understanding. I'm limited in my ability to handle these situations. You know, so... There's been many a times that that's become a prayer. I can't, you can, please help. And it, you know, it, it helps me to just get, you know, focused and realize that I'm powerless right now. I need Jesus's, you know, will to take place in my life. And I, I got to let go. And I, I got to believe that his, his ways are better than my own. You know, you know, and it's been, you know, a difficult process, but, for many years, I was ruled by my emotions, you know, and I would always hear in the meeting that feelings aren't facts, feelings aren't facts. And I'm like, you know, I didn't understand it because anytime I would have this feeling, it would be this overwhelming, you know, emotion, you know, and, you know, through the years, I began to understand it more, you know, and I can't trust my feelings, you know, especially when I'm highly emotional. So this is where the feelings aren't facts and the emotions lie. And I trust you, Jesus came from is because when I have, when my emotions peak, I have to grab a hold of Jesus because I know in that moment, my brain starts spinning. 
I start obsessing. I start overthinking. I start thinking, you know, crazy thoughts. And that's when I want to react instead of respond, you know, and I have to, to, to take things to prayer and really say, Jesus, help me, you know, and, you know, what's come to me through the years is I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Because in that moment, there's just fear. There's all this insecurity. There's all this fear. There's all this anger. You know, there's all these emotions going on inside of me. And I just can't make sense of it because I'm just overly emotional. And I, and I can't think properly when my emotions peak. So I just have to grab a hold of them. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. And, you know, it's it's helped me so much through the years. and. Usually by the time I say that enough, I got tears rolling down my face. You know, I'm, I'm angry and crying at the same time. I got this angry cry going on, you know, and, but he's, he's getting that emotion out, you know, that I'm not volcanoing. I'm not erupting. I'm not exploding on someone, you know, and for many years, that's, you know, how I carried myself. I was just this angry guy, you know, and that, you know, People were intimidated and I wanted you to be, and I don't want to carry myself that way anymore. You know, I want to be a man of grace. I want to be someone that's approachable. I want somebody that, you know, I want to be kind. I want to be gentle. I want, you know, people that, you know, that they can just come to me. I, I don't want them to, to be afraid of my responses, you know, you know, and it's taken a lot of work to be a man, man of grace, you know, and, you know, it's, it's these principles. Some I've learned from an atheist, heroin addict from Chicago. Some of them I learned from a pastor who's never done anything wrong in his life, from an organ. You know, and through my relationship with both of these men, learned how to, to, to cross these lines of walking with Jesus, but yet being in recovery too. You know, you know, I've leaned too hard in one direction or the other and I get myself out of balance. You know, and I'm an all or nothing type of person and trying to learn how to live in between the all or nothing mindset has been very uncomfortable. But I've found a lot of peace here where before it was one, you know, one direction or the other full steam ahead, you know, and <clears throat> that's gotten me in trouble both ways. You know, so I've had to learn how to trust Jesus and wait and be still and know that he's God you know, and yet still actively be working on things, you know, and, and working on my recovery, working on, you know, my relationship with Jesus, working on the things in my life that continue to, to, you know, get in the way of me, you know, becoming who he's calling me to be, you know, so principles have been this, this very important piece of my walk with God, you know, and I felt that it was necessary for us to talk about the, these things. You know, I'm really hoping that some of these things got, you know, planted in you and this can be a resource for you. And you can ask me questions anytime and we can discuss anything that, you know, maybe, you know, is popping out to you tonight. You know, but if you could just stand with me and let me pray. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for each and every one of us, you know, that are here and all that you're doing, Lord. I pray that. Your word would become true in our lives, Lord, that we would grab a hold of it and not let go, that would, we would be able to stand on your scriptures and trust that you're working everything out for good, Lord, according to your purposes for those that love you, Lord, that you'll work every, 
you know, difficult thing out, Lord. You know, as we just hang on to you and we trust you that you'll start showing us what it is that you're trying to teach us. Lord, if we're banging our head into the wall in some area or another, Lord, I, I pray that you would reveal to us what it is that we need to be learning. Lord, help us to, to live according to your word, live according to principles, Lord, and help these to help us to grow, to become the men and women that you've called us to be. Lord, I pray for anyone right now that's struggling in their mind or struggling in their heart, Lord, that you would just begin to, to ease that pain, relieve that frustration, Lord, that you would help them to know that you're with them, that they're closer to you than they've ever been. Lord, that you would move mightily in their lives, Lord helping them to grow and and become the, the men and women that you're calling them to be. I just thank you so much for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen.